You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Friday, November 17th. I am Steven Serta, and we're gearing up for a Monday night football Super Bowl rematch between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. A little different on today's Arrowhead Pride Report. We normally go live on Fridays, but Monday game, practice on Saturday, schedule's all weird this week, so we're changing things up. I want to let you guys know, though, we will be live on Monday with the Arrowhead Pride editor show, just kind of previewing and giving you guys uh, a pregame show in in a way uh, ahead of this massive matchup on Monday Night Football. So let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sweeney, uh, we got a pretty stellar injury report so far ahead of this game, barring any setbacks in practice over the next couple of days. Yeah, keep in mind that Nick Bolton is on IR. So I, I saw some tweets yesterday when I said everybody's practicing. This does not include Nick Bolton. We still got a month or so, I think, away from Bolton and any potential return there. But everybody else out of the bye week was a full participant in practice, uh, which is which is key uh, for the second half of the season. Um, that means everybody is as, as healthy as you would want them heading into what would be the biggest game of the year. There is an injury on the other side, which we know about. It, it is a little bit curious that the Eagles have not put Dallas Goddard on IR with a forearm issue, but it seems to be, or it seems to look like that, that they feel like he'll be back within four weeks. Isn't going to play in this game, though. Uh, if you read the reports out of Philadelphia from the Eagles beat, uh, he did have surgery. So Dallas Goddard is going to be the only key player, the only player of, of note. Uh, that should be out for this game should the the Chiefs have a, a healthy week of practice and it's it's heading in that direction right now yeah um I, it's pretty safe to say they haven't officially ruled him out or anything but I I just right. don't envision a scenario where Dallas Goddard after suffering I, a fractured forearm is gonna play in this game yeah I gotta think and you know this is blind analysis because of course I, I'm here in Kansas City not in Philadelphia but I got to think that they believe he can play with a club in game three or game four, because otherwise the, the IR and not putting an IR and getting another you know, player in the building wouldn't make any sense. So um, I'm actually, after this game, I'm interested in seeing the Eagles three weeks from the injury or four weeks from the injury. Cause I, I wonder what he's going to be having to play with just considering a fracture to your forearm. But 
Uh, again, there's a reason that they're not putting him on IR, but he won't be available for this game. Yeah, and I wonder if uh, you know that injury happening just before a bye, and maybe it is a four-week injury, but they were like, we got the bye week too, so we can avoid right. an IR stint for one of their star players. Um, obviously, that's a huge loss for the Eagles, but we've talked all week long about how talented this team is. And so even without Dallas Goddard, they still got talent across the board offensively that can really test the Chiefs defense. And I, I want to get into all of that stuff before we get out of here today. But I feel like we have to continue to highlight what's going on in the AFC. And there was a massive Thursday night football matchup last night between the Baltimore Ravens and Cincinnati Bengals. Right. And uh, the game wound up being a pretty big letdown after uh, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow left the game early in the first quarter with after throwing a touchdown pass to Joe Mixon. He immediately grabbed his throwing wrist, which was kind of a topic of controversy going into the game because Burrow had some kind of uh, wrist brace on earlier in the week, but he wasn't on the injury report. And the Bengals tweeted out a photo of it and then deleted it. And then he was caught pregame with it. And then... You know, in, in the game early on, he gets tackled, goes down. couple plays later, he throws the touchdown pass and immediately grabs his right wrist, does not come back into the game. They said after the game that it's a wrist sprain. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear more about that today. But as of right now, after losing Joe Burrow on Thursday night football, falling to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you know, this team that is supposed to be a Super Bowl caliber team that is considered, you know, maybe the biggest rival to the Kansas City Chiefs right now in the AFC is on legitimate playoff life support right now. Yeah, there's a couple angles to this. Uh, so and I'll, I'll try to go through through all of them really quickly here. But uh, A, from a Kansas City Chiefs standpoint, as far as the game goes, like never, I, you know, we always acknowledge you never want to root for injury. Um, and so this isn't necessarily good news, but it's just the reality of the advantages that it provides for the Chiefs. The Bengals losing Joe Burrow and the Ravens losing Mark Andrews, who's, their Travis Kelsey, like their go-to target, are massive, massive, massive stories when it comes to uh, the complexion, the AFC playoff picture, uh, and all of that. Like, even though the Ravens come away with a, a win, it is going to be a significant challenge to play as well as you have offensively, even with their rushing attack, without a, you know that true downfield attack in, in Mark Andrews. Now, Zay Flowers is a rookie, becomes that, that go-to guy, will have a, extra attention without Andrews there. You know, just think about what the Chiefs would look like if you ended up losing Kelsey. Like, that's what the Ravens are facing. And then the, the Bengals were already up against it. Joe Burrow had faced injuries earlier on in the year. Um, when you have a, a wrist injury, uh, that to me, especially in your throwing arm, uh, could be more serious. You wonder if the Bengals are looking at their record and looking at their schedule and looking at just the way the season has gone. And you wonder if they make the move uh, for surgery. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it very clearly looked like Burrow could not grip the football. We don't know much more about it. Um, and then uh, B from a, uh, just a league angle, this is a, a significant problem because the NFL is in bed with uh, the, the gambling uh, with DraftKings and FanDuel. And, and I mean, you hear it on our airwaves too. I mean, the DraftKings and FanDuel, they uh, advertise you know, heavily with football and football related entities. Uh, and you got to, make sure in the sense of if the NFL is promoting all this, like let's gamble, let's gamble, let's gamble. You got to be able to provide accurate information on the injury report. And Zach Taylor said after the game that he didn't know about Joe Burrow's wrist injury, but Joe Burrow walking into the game very clearly had a wrist brace on. And so 
that that's a huge problem with Zach Taylor, like uh, on a C uh, of this of like, okay, so Taylor either knew about the injury and is lying about not knowing about it, or uh, he has so little control over this organization that he didn't know about his quarterback's wrist injury. Like either way, <laughs> uh, it's really bad. Uh, and so we'll see how this ends up playing out. I, I think the NFL has to look at this situation um, and, you know, likely likely say to itself, like, we need to come down heavily on Cincinnati if we find out this wasn't just Joe Burrow on his own hiding this injury, which I highly, highly doubt. Um, and so I'm very intrigued as to seeing what happens there. Like, will it cost them millions of dollars? Will it cost them a draft pick? Because I think, especially with the NFL being so tied to sports gambling now, they're going to have to make an example out of uh, the Bengals for, for what they did. Uh, going into the game, Steve, um, if you're into the spreads and whatnot, uh, the Bengals were an underdogs by three and a half points. Joe Burrow had been limited all week, didn't appear on the injury report at all. I mean, you're probably looking at a touchdown, maybe more spread. And so that, I mean, in, in the world, for those of you who don't gamble, in the world of gambling, that is a huge difference in, in points. And so I'm, I'm intrigued as to seeing how this plays out um, for a lot of reasons. But uh, again, just get back to that Kansas City Chiefs point, because, you know, that's, that's what we deliver here is like how it impacts the Chiefs. I mean, in, in, in the realm of advantages that you don't want due to injury, that it, it just was massive shift in the power of the AFC. Like it doesn't even matter what their records with them losing these two gigantic pieces to what, what they do. Um, both of these teams. Yeah. And you mentioned Mark Andrews, uh, Ravens head coach, John Harbaugh said after the game last night that they believe Mark Andrews suffered a season ending ankle injury. So I, mean, that is, that is their go-to playmaker. That is their number one pass catcher. And that is a massive blow to Baltimore. And all of a sudden this, what this idea that we had at the start of the year that you know there's only a couple of really good teams in the NFC and the AFC is just this gauntlet of teams and, and now you look across the landscape of it like yeah Baltimore's right there their their record's good their defense is still really great but now they're missing their best offensive weapon outside of Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews for the rest of the year uh, you know, Jacksonville has been really up and down all season. We know what Miami is like. They're an explosive offense. Their defense is all right, but may, maybe still not there yet as far as like legitimately contending and pushing to be like a Super Bowl caliber team. And then you have just a, a kind of j- just a mishmash of of random teams like the ball, like the Pittsburgh Steelers that find themselves at six and three. But I don't think anybody who watches a Pittsburgh Steelers game is like this team's really coming for the AFC and they're a real contender. The Browns, who lost to Sean Watson for the rest of the season earlier this week, are going to Dorian Thompson Robinson, a, a rookie quarterback for the rest of the way. Um, the Houston Texans, the biggest surprise here. And then the Bengals sitting at five and five. And if they if Joe Burrow misses, you know, a month here, like I just don't see how Cincinnati is making the playoffs. And then you got to talk about the Buffalo Bills, who are also at five and five and have one of the hardest schedules left in the NFL. Like their schedule is absolutely brutal, just contending team after contending team. And all of a sudden, it's like if the Chiefs win this game against the Eagles on Monday night, I understand that it's an NFC contest. 
But I don't think that there's any debate anymore about who the top team in the NFL is. And really, as long as the Chiefs take care of business the rest of what the rest of the way, they should coast to a number one seed in the conference with the way things are falling right now. Yeah, this is shaping up, um, you know, and, and for the Chiefs to even maybe have the bye and get one of those weeks where Blaine Gabbert starts. I mean, I, I kind of am starting to think with the way that the AFC is shaking out that 13 and four gets done which should provide the Chiefs enough room just considering how they are able to just win and grind out games um, to maybe even even have that. I, I think Monday night, as far as the rest of the NFL goes, is like an uh-oh night, meaning like, okay, we know the AFC playoff picture looks like, but now the Chiefs just beat the best of the NFC again. Like, this is going to be the team again, and it – man – it provides you if the Chiefs win, and especially in a, in a fashion where it's like very clear, like in a, in a game where both teams play well, and like the Chiefs just end up being the better team. That's that's a very Patriots feel. Like we now they don't even have a, a necessarily a go-to receiver beyond Travis Kelsey. Their defense steps up. Like this team is just won't go away. It's a very annoying to the rest of the league Patriots type of feel. Uh, so uh, we'll see um, what happens in that game. And I think you're right. Uh, we woke up this morning and I, I you know, just kind of looking at uh, the AFC playoff picture and, and what happened last week with the losses. And it was like the greatest possible buy for the Chiefs. And the fact, Steve, and, and you follow the NFL, you know, as close as I do, the fact that we can wake up today and like reasonably make a case that the Houston Texans are the biggest threat to the Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying everyone's going to have that take, but the fact that that like is on the table is preposterous. It doesn't even make uh, any sense, but uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to to feel that way just because like they feel like the only team that like is gaining steam heading into the middle of the season and into the stretch, whereas uh, it seems like every other quote unquote contender had now has reasons to believe that they're not going to be there. And uh, I, I do want to get into the game a little bit before we get out of here, but you know, let's say the Chiefs dropped this game to the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night. OK, well. Yeah, you want to see them win and you want to see them take down what I, I think is is arguably the best team in football right now in the Philadelphia Eagles. But since it's an NFC game, even if they do drop this game, it doesn't make any difference for their AFC standings. So it's like they can make a statement on Monday night uh, against this team that they beat last year in the Super Bowl against this team that I think is the front runner to make it to the Super Bowl again this season out of the NFC. And, you know, even even if they wind up playing a close game and aren't able to quite pull it off against the Eagles, who have a lot to play for in this game, they want to make a statement themselves after losing in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs. It doesn't hurt the Chiefs in any way by losing this game in the long run. So it, it's just it, it couldn't have fallen better for the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And you mentioned the injuries like I'm not celebrating injuries. I'm just stating the facts like. This thing right now is playing into the Kansas City Chiefs' favor in a way that none of us could have expected. Yeah, and a quick point here, and just because I know that we went into the season, we just already talked about the Bengals. Quick point about the Bills before we you know, talk a little bit more about Chiefs and Eagles. But the Bills, if you look at their record, they're 0-5 in the conference. All their losses yeah. are in the AFC. So that means that they're not going to be able to get there on, on tiebreakers. So they're not looking down the stretch at nine and eight, they need to be 10 and seven to make the postseason. like that. That is real. And so they have a gauntlet ahead of them too. And now you're telling me that they have to go five and two. And so it'll be very interesting to see who actually makes the dance 
uh, the Bengals and the Bills, uh, unbelievably, and there's a, a likely scenario where both are on the outside looking in, which we would have never, ever, ever, ever believed uh, heading into the season. Yeah, the Bills' remaining schedule, Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Bills, Dolphins. And, like, the two and games in. Go five and two. And yeah. you got to go five and two. And the two games in there that you say, well, those should be easy wins for the Bills, the Jets, and the Patriots, they've already lost to both of those teams. <laughs> like, those are division games. Um, right. So it, it's just a, a brutal stretch for the Bills, uh, a brutal season, and, and just injury luck for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but it, the the AFC is really shaping up for the Kansas City Chiefs to go on another run here. So we, we just had to highlight that. But uh, I want to get into the game a little bit before we get out of here. And I, I, we've been covering this thing all week long. We still got a ways to go because we got to wait till Monday night for uh, this contest that I think we're all really excited about. Um, but. Uh, coming out of a bye week, and we talked about this on the latest edition of Show and BK. That's available for you now on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I encourage you to go check it out. Um, just Andy Reid coming off of the bye, and we all know the record and the history and, and how great he is coming off of the bye. But I think something that we heard from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes yesterday, and they talked about kind of the conversations they were having and, and the meetings they were having and the way they were trying to assess themselves and, and and figure out what they needed to adjust. And, and with the way everything's falling and everything that we talked about so far here on this Arrowhead pride report, like if they come out on Monday night and they put together one of their most impressive showings of the season, which they have a tendency to do in, in these big contests. Um, and, you know, I think we expected it against the dolphins and it didn't quite get there offensively. The, you know, they had the two touchdown drives in the first half, but then after that, it, it was a real struggle in the second half. They didn't put up any points, but the defense was playing absolutely lights out. Like, we know this defense is elite, and if they keep this up, especially against a team like the Eagles, there should be absolutely no doubt in anyone's mind moving forward what this defense is capable of. But if they put this thing together offensively, and and I think this is the best time to do it, coming off of the bye week against uh, in a Super Bowl rematch, like, if they get this thing figured out, if we see this offense start to look more functional and start to look like, okay, it might not be the best offense in football right now, but when they need seven, they can go get it done. Like that is going to be scary for the rest of the league. And that's really all I'm going to be paying attention to on Monday night is how they match up against this Eagles defense, because the Eagles defensive line is elite. It's one of the best defensive lines in the NFL, but that's secondary has been given up yards to everybody. And you can put up points on this Eagles defense if you can stretch them down the field. And I think that's how the Chiefs are going to attack them on Monday night. And if they put together an impressive game, man, it's all the worry, everything that all the concerns that everyone's had about this team all season long, I think should be gone on Monday night if they put this thing together offensively. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and against that defense, yeah, it's a, we talk about, it being a measuring stick game, it's a measuring stick game in a, in a lot of reasons. And, and that to me, you know, if you're a, a, a Chiefs fan, A, it's getting the win. Um, you know, that's that's first and foremost. Even if you have to do that with a defense shining again, I, that's that's the one thing. And then the second thing is the offense, right? This was a week off, an extended week off, Steve, right? We're only on day two of the media this week. It seems like it's just taking forever for the next game. Um, but this was a week off to look inward, evaluate. I've been talking about it for weeks leading into the bye. I, I think you you do see changes that happen uh, after the bye. The things like 
we need to make more plays and draw them up for Rasheed Rice when Travis Kelsey is occupied. Things like running the football more. Uh, well, maybe we'll see Sky Moore actually get more snaps than Marquez Valdez Scantling, who whose production seems like it's it's intermittent, um, you know, in different ways. So I, I am intrigued to see how the the offense looks coming out of the bye. And you're right, you guys are right on on the show. If if they come out and look great, all three phases, don't make mistakes, they should win. And that should be scary to the rest of the NFL, especially the AFC. Uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, they they win this game. And just based upon all the recent happenings in the AFC, they are in prime position to, to go and get that by again. And that would be the third time in, in four years, uh, you know, to 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 get that. Uh, first first seed, which is an impressive in itself. Like as much as we even talk about the Chiefs postseason success and the championships and all the, the AFC title game, um, that's a huge sample size. Like the, it, just the fact of like them being first in the regular season so often has just been um, very impressive. And so they they might have that road ahead of them as well. And you know, obviously, I, I'm hopeful for Chiefs success all the time. Uh, but right. if, if you they have that, you did have that moment where you were rooting for the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, not a Deshaun Watson supporter anymore. No, um, okay, but it, it's just, it would be so incredible if the narrative around the Kansas City Chiefs this season is like their offense is broken. They have no pass catchers. There's no wide receivers. They can't make plays when, when they need it. They can't go get points anymore. And it's like, oh, the defense, like, yeah, yeah, but can they do it against elite teams? And like, it would just be incredible if all of those narratives are totally silenced come Tuesday morning, uh, just by the performance that they could put on the field on, on Monday night. They got to get it done still. There, there's a lot of things that, that can happen in that football game and uh, a lot of different ways that it could not go their way. But I'm starting to feel pretty confident in this Chiefs team, and I, I think fans should be too. Uh, but before we get out of here, I do want to talk about Legarius Sneed. Um, it was reported earlier in the week that the Chiefs are starting to, you know, kind of have some conversations about extending Snead. And we've talked about it, Pete. Like he coming into the season, we knew he was going to be a free agent after the year. I always thought that they should be looking into extending him, unlike Charvarius Ward, who they let hit free agency, because right. I think Snead has proven he's a much more important player than Ward was at that time. Um and he's done nothing but highlight that this season where he's been a truly elite shutdown NFL corner. And, you know, we talk about everybody in that secondary and the way everything's working together. Well, I think similarly to the way the pass rush doesn't quite work if Chris Jones isn't there. I'm not sure the secondary is this elite if Legarius Need isn't playing at the level that he's playing at. And, you know, right. he's he's been amazing this season when and just going up against every team's elite wide receiver. We saw what he did to Tyree Kill. We saw what he did to Justin Jefferson. Uh, he gave Keenan Allen issues like he, he's been elite all season when he has been healthy and he gets the toughest test of the year, in my opinion, uh, against A.J. Brown on Monday Night Football. And if Snead comes out and has another in incredibly impactful performance where he's just shadowing A.J. Brown and shutting down the Eagles number one playmaker who is having a career year uh, by all accounts, just been an absolute monster this season. Then I'm at the point with Snead where I'm like, okay, extend him. Like I want him to have a contract extension in place before the chiefs next game. If he could shut yeah. down AJ Brown on Monday night. Yeah. This, and I know we're talking about Jerry Snead and I agree with everything you're saying. 
Um, there, there are a number of points that go into to the Snead situation as well. And, and I'll, I'll start by just talking about Chris Jones briefly. Like when we're talking about Chris Jones in the summer and whether or not the chiefs are going to sign him to an extension, it's, I think we, a lot of times incorrectly just put it into a vacuum. Well, the chief should pay Chris Jones. Well, Chris Jones is asking for too much. This, that, you go back and forth. The Chiefs made an offer to Jones. We know that, right? And we thought uh, it was a, a very nice offer. Jones, uh, to his point, um, didn't and decided to play the last year of his deal, held out for the game in that very weird moment at Arrowhead where he was sitting in the rafters uh, like Sting in the WCW days. But uh, he ended up coming back to the team. And when the Chiefs were in that process, like everyone's in their mind, they're like, well, just pay him, just pay him. Well, they're thinking about the upcoming contracts that they have. And they're figuring out that like they're they're thinking in long term blueprint always. And so when they make Jones, which some would say, and this is up to your opinion, a very reasonable, lucrative offer, uh, and they, they kind of draw their line in the sand, they do that with players in mind. My understanding is the players that they would like to retain are Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Nick Bolton, and Legereus Steve. And so when you're in talks with Jones and you, you don't want to overcommit, it's in part to make sure that Legereus Steve stays on your team. Now, those are a lot of quality players that you'd like to retain. And so with that in mind, I think these players, like you've seen in the past with some of the Chiefs in their own, are going to have to bend a little bit because I, I think that all of these guys in the open market are going to make more than the Chiefs are going to be willing to pay them. Uh, that's not to say that the Chiefs won't take care of them, but there is going to be that slight decision of, do I want to play and continue to play and win championships and play for this winning program? Or do I want to go in, in the open market and go maximize my money? And what I would say is, you know, I don't think the players are listening to our podcast here, Steve, but look at Orlando Brown, right? The Chiefs offered him a more than fair deal, and he had to end up accepting something uh, that wasn't uh, in his best interest, now plays for – uh, Cincinnati, who may not even make the, the postseason, uh, where it looks like, you know, you're leaving for greener pastures and and you end up in a situation that you probably wouldn't want to be in where he could have been with Kansas City as their left tackle for the next three, four or five years. Uh, and so it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. Um, the last time there was a similar player uh, in Traverius Ward, the Chiefs ended up just letting him go. Um, it does seem like they're at more interest in keeping Snead than they did Ward. Uh, for whatever reason, Ward's been very good since he left also for the 49ers. So uh, there are a lot of layers, as always. And I think that's important to remember um, as we're entering that phase in, in the offseason. And, and Jones is a, is coming up, too. Again, it'll be and you, know, you have Drew Tranquil in that mix. There's a lot of players um, where this team will look very different next year. And, and Snead, to me, uh, is somebody that you should look at and, and say, um, is it worth it for us? And you're right. He makes a great case um, by continuing to hold down receivers like a Tyree kill. And if he can do the same against AJ Brown, it'll, it'll continue to reaffirm that, that he deserves to be here and deserves to um, make a, a very large sum of money. And I want to make it clear in a perfect world, they would resign Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed this off well, season. If this, was, if this was baseball yeah. and, and didn't have a salary cap like that, Clark Hunt has a lot of money and he could pay players like the Yankees, yeah. but uh, that's why the NFL is so interesting. Um, and you see the parody that, you know, the salary cap prevents you from doing that. So you have to make tough decisions uh, and careful decisions with, with who you can commit a lot of 
guaranteed money to because it can strap you for later years as you're trying to, to sign everybody else. Yeah. And, and I love Chris Jones and, but, but this is kind of the nature of the business and this is how teams stay good for long periods of time. You draft well, and then you bring back the guys that you drafted that, you know, fit your system. You don't have to play this domino game in free agency. Right. That's what bad teams do traditionally, like good organizations draft well, develop, keep those guys in house. And the chiefs have so many young, talented players on defense that at some point they might just have to say, Chris, we love you. You're going to be in the ring of honor one day, but it's time for us to move on. It's time for us to build around some different guys on, on the defensive side of the ball. And people would say that about Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, like the the, the chiefs, when the new regime changed and Brett beach took over for better or for worse, it, it became, we're going to try to win every year. We have Patrick Mahomes and we're going to have to make some tough business decisions, right? You saw them say goodbye to a lot of, beloved players during that span and even after the eric berries and the justin houston's you saw them make tough decisions with tyron matthew frank clark was suddenly available right and the chiefs didn't end up bringing him back despite all the the smoke surrounding that they they're really in the business of doing what's best for the team what's best for patrick mahomes and that's that's the reason that they've had sustained success and not to say that like winning a super bowl is easy um but it's easier than doing what the chiefs have done of being in the AFC title game five years straight, just like look no further than those 2022 Los Angeles Rams, right? Like we yeah. thought that they would be right back and they have completely falling off a uh, more, um, or I should say tougher and more challenging than, than winning one Super Bowl is sustained success. And that's why to me, the chiefs are easily the best team of the half, uh, you know, past half decade at least. And, and I think you can even make a case for the decade as Alex Smith, you know, enters that full just of what the chiefs were able to do, even when they maybe only had an average to an above average quarterback. It's been a great decade to be a chiefs fan and certainly um, the best decade to be a chiefs fan uh, in, in franchise history. And there's no question about that. That is an inarguable point. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good time to be a, a Kansas Cityan, and uh, that all leads into Monday night. I know everyone's excited about this game, Steve. He's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Um, again, Chiefs practice today and tomorrow, so we'll have injury reports for you the next couple of days at arrowheadpride.com, so make sure you're locked in there for all your information. Uh, we got a fresh edition of Kingdom Keys coming your way on Saturday to continue to preview this football game. And then again on Monday, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon, live edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show to get you juice for Monday night football between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. We will talk to you guys then. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.